Hey everyone, just popping in here to share some big news that the price of the Families Fly Free membership will be going back up on Thursday, May 9th at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. So as I had mentioned before, we reduced the price of Families Fly Free by hundreds of dollars at the beginning of 2024 to give everyone a chance to get in at this lower cost. But we are now having to bring that to an end, and we do officially have a date when the price will be going back up. And again, that is Thursday, May 9th at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. So if you've been thinking about joining Families Fly Free, now is the time to do it. If you want to change the way your family is traveling, if you want to travel more and do it affordably, and if you want to use miles and points and travel rewards without it being a second job, learn a simple system to always be able to do this without a wallet full of cards, please come join us in Families Fly Free and do it before the price goes back up. You can learn more and sign up today at familiesflyfree.com slash join. Do you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel, but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015. And I want to show your family how to do it too. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Families Fly Free podcast. Today I have brought with me one of the members of the Families Fly Free team, Chris Pichotta. And um, I invited Chris on the podcast because um, I wanted him to share his story of achieving financial independence and how travel rewards and traveling, you know, played into that journey for him. And I know that we have a lot of listeners who are on the FI, FI, however you say it, financial independence um, journey. And so um, I thought you might enjoy um, hearing someone else's story. So welcome to the podcast, Chris. Well, thank you, Lynn. Nice to be here and nice to share my story. Yeah, um, you can inspire um, others, including me. So um, okay, tell us right. a little bit um, about yourself, what you do um, on the Families Fly Free team, where you live, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Phoenix and pretty much lived in Phoenix uh, for most of my life. And that's where I reside now. I've only lived here, LA and San Diego. So you can tell I've avoided anything cold, anything snow related, which is, uh, you know, definitely a big uh, part of your life up there in Indiana. Yes. And all those places sound lovely to me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the summers here and, uh, yeah. In Phoenix, but but anyways, um, so I, I'm an industrial engineer. Went to Arizona State University, so go Sun Devils. Even though their sports lately have not. And been, how far did they get in the tournament? Uh, they got one round, and then they got booted. So, yeah. But 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 for them, that's that's pretty far. They, they've their sports have been down in in recent years. So we'll, we'll take it the baby step by baby step. So, yes. And then. Uh, for Families Fly Free, actually, I'm coming on, I forgot the exact date, but I'm coming on my one-year anniversary, if you believe yeah. it or not. In early April, when I joined the, 
the, the team of travel hackers that you guys are. So um, my job is virtual assistant. And so, you know, basically it's updating the website, sending out member alerts, helping out on, on the webinars and just, uh, you know, kind of the, the jack of all trades to, to help you out and, and Cami, which obviously will in turn help out all our great members. Yes, Chris does a lot of um, behind the scenes things that you don't see, but that help everything run smoothly and efficiently um, as we want it to. So, all right, so let's start. Um, I just wanted to have you kind of define for us um, financial freedom or financial independence, kind of what that means to you. Yeah, um, I mean, in a nutshell, it's basically having enough money to cover your expenses to where you know, it affords you the flexibility to, to do what you want. Um, and I've really achieved it about two, a couple of years ago when I turned, turned 50. And, uh, and the flexibility is, you know, just a great example that's you know, near and dear to me and my, my wife's heart is, you know, when we reach that, that level to where I didn't need to, to work as an engineer for American Express, where I, I've been uh, working at for the last 22 years, is her dad's health uh, took a turn from the worst and uh, you know about three or four years ago and so he moved in with us and then when we reached that financial independence you know um, my wife Lori could take care of him and uh, you know go to all his his appointments uh, that he had to which you know unfortunately were like two almost seemed like two or three a day and just spend quality time you know just knowing his his end was unfortunately near and it's just, you know, stuff like that, that, that priceless moments that you spend with family. And, you know, especially when we get to, to our age in the forties and fifties, you know, we all have to have to deal with that with aging parents. So that, that was probably the first and foremost thing. And I know my wife, Lori is real appreciative of, of all the, uh, you know, all the saving and the work we did in our twenties, thirties and forties to afford a, uh, you know, situation like that where she could spend quality time with her dad. So, so did that it, mean that she didn't have to work or she could work a more flexible job or? Yeah, cor correct. So it's kind of like in my situation, basically we, we ratcheted down our, our job. She was a first grade teacher and, and kindergarten teacher, which, you know, everyone knows is very, you know, really taxing job. And especially um, at the start of COVID um, it was, and that's part of the reason why she ratcheted down to just do an online tutor part-time. And you know, 10, 20 hours a, a week. And then, you know, and then same with me when I quit my American Express job, you know, I knew I wanted to do a part-time job, but I want to do it something in which I truly love. I mean, I, I love the engineering, I love the credit card industry, but I just, you know, at times it, it can get too much working 60, 70 hour weeks. And, and at the time I managed a global team. So I was working weird hours, you know, in the evenings, working with Australia, early mornings working with Europe. And it's just after many, many years of that, it really was, was taxing. So for me, you know, I was, I had thoughts of maybe I'd work on a golf course. You know, I love golf, <laughs> um, you know, and then, but also your, your job came, came up and uh, I love travel hacking, been doing it for you know, almost 20 years. So, so, but that's what I've talked about, about just having that flexibility to do what you really want to do. And then you can just kind of ratchet down uh, a little bit. You know, I, I knew I was not going to be the, you know, sitting in the rocking chair, you know, a stereotypical yeah, yeah. thought of retirement. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I wanted, you know, I wanted to continue to work, but something I just really have passion for. 
So, and I'm a big proponent of do what you love. I think that's great advice too. Like even when I got my first jobs, you know, like I always thought about, okay, what do I enjoy doing and what job can I get? So first I, I was a dancer, so I taught dance. And then I was like, I like to watch movies. So then I worked at a movie theater one summer and I okay. love to read. So I spent many, many years working at bookstores, like at Borders. Um, so I think that's just good advice too. And I always tell my kids that, you know, as they're starting to look for jobs, like find something you're interested in. Yeah. Like I think my husband worked at a golf course at some point. You know? oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yep. And just that makes the the work uh, so much more fun. Um, Definitely. But, okay. So let's go back to your definition of financial independence. So you said having enough money to Correct. cover your expenses, but now does that mean without, like, is that passive income? Yeah, I mean, where we're at now, we're getting some passive income um, from rentals that we started to build in, in our 40s. So about 10, you know, 10, 12 years ago, we started to diversify, uh, you know, into real estate to get passive in income. You know, it, it, it wasn't totally enough to, to cover our expenses, mm -hmm. but it, it, it covered about half. And then the other half, you know, I, I started to take from some of my uh, our retirement uh, you know accounts like the like a Roth IRA all the money that you put in you can always take out without any penalty you know being too young or, or any taxes or anything because it's already been taxed the Roth IRA has already been taxed so you can always take out the contributions which we've been you know contributing you know since you know the, the 20s uh, you know since my 20s not the 1920s since my, my 20s and, and and that's one advice i will just kind of pipe in now is start early so um you know for all you parents out there and grandparents tell the kids to start early even if it's just a couple percent of their salary start early that, that that's the key and that and that was advice that i got from a professor actually at arizona state university and this is before really roth iras were were um, you know popular and kind of got a lot of momentum, but he he talked about that and just about the advantages of it. And so that really got me. It's like, oh, wow, you know, I really want to think about my future. So, yeah, if I could say one thing, just start early on, on you know, squirreling away money, even if it's just a little bit. Yeah. And I have to say, like, my dad 100% told me that at age, whatever, 18 or 20. Did I listen? Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I know. That's, yep. And, and for some reason, just that professor who was like my favorite prof professor of all time, uh, Professor Smith, and uh, it, it just stuck with me. It really did. And, and you know, just me being the engineering and analysis type of mind, you know, I, I understood about just the time value of money. You, you start scrolling away and you earn, you know, a percentage, just how much that can grow. You know, you, you know, and nowadays you see it in a lot of financial articles about, hey, if you put away a thousand a month, in 20, 30, 40 years, it's going to be worth, you know, close to a million dollars. Like a million dollars. Yes. Yeah, that was yeah. the number he told me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I've, I've seen so many different charts, but it's just, it's really neat. And you just do a search on that. And you can, you know, if you put five, even 500 a month away, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing just how it compounds on itself. But I would add, like, if you didn't, because I have gotten hung up there before, like, well, I didn't do that. So it's just too late now. Like, it isn't too late, I would say. Correct. It is um, and so. you do have options, like I have my own business, right? And that's is actually an investment and a way to 
help people while growing money at the same time. So um, even if compounding isn't on your side because you didn't listen when you were 20, I still think you have, like, don't give up, right? There's, you have oh, options correct. for sure. Um, but yeah, so tell us more about your, the steps that you took to kind of okay. achieve this goal that you set. Yeah. So, I mean, just at a high basic level, it's living, you know, beneath the means, you know, the, the monies that, that you, that you, you know, that come in for you live beneath it, whatever it is. And you don't have to be, you know, have the, you know, a high end job that's paying hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, it, it can be any sort of salary that you have, just whatever that is, whatever you're bringing in, make sure that you live beneath your means. And hopefully that gap is somewhere between, you know, 15 to 30%. I mean, and again, even if you start out really small, that's fine. But just, you know, as you get older, if you could just work on, um, on expanding that gap between what you earn and then what you spend, because that money, that difference is what you want to put away, you know, into real estate or stocks. And there's a bunch of other vehicles, but something that will earn uh, in return, you know, over 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And so, you know, that, that's what we did. I mean, right when I got my first job out of school for Arizona State, and, and at the time my wife were, were dating and, and she became a teacher and she, you know, squirreled away money in her Roth IRA. I did it in my Roth IRA. And again, it wasn't that much. I think we were probably doing maybe 10% of our salary, you know, just trying to understand what costs are being, being a, an official adult now, you know, post, post-college. And, um, and then, but over time, you know, just understanding the time value of money and the more we put in now, especially early on, then the more that you're going to have, you know, when you reach your, your goal, if you want to retire in your fifties or sixties. And, uh, but over time, we always took, we always took our raise. So if we got a raise of three, 4%, uh, we always took that and increased our, uh, you know, our money that we were putting to the side. So that was one thing that that professor talked about is, you know, don't blow your raise you know, put that away, you know, you've already used to the money that you're, you're accustomed to. So when you get a raise, you know, put that away. And, and obviously some years inflation will, will get you. And so we cheated a few years where maybe we got a four or 5% raise or a promo. And, and, and some of it I did take to spend, but, but most of it I would put away you know, as a side account, a retirement account. So uh, we just continued to do that, you know, just all through our twenties and thirties. And then, in our forties, then we, we, you know, we were so heavy into stocks. Uh, and, and this is one thing that, that we did early on was we were really aggressive, you know, since we had a, a long-term window of, you know, 20, 30, 40 years before we needed to touch that money, you know, I, I could afford to, to put, you know, basically 90% of it into stocks. And, and I had a mix of us and international and, you know, small company and large company. And uh, but just continue to, to put that money away. And one of the other things that, that we did that, again, go back to that professor. And actually, it's kind of a Warren Buffett um, idea, too, is when when people are scared, you want to invest money when, when things are going really good, when people are like, hey, things are great. You, you get a little concerned about that. Right. So during the times when the stocks were not doing well. Uh, you know, kind of like now in the past year or, you know, during the great recession in you know, 07, 08, 09, we, we put away more money as stocks were going down, you know, because they were basically on sale, you know, knowing that, you know, in our long, 
long-term horizon that they would come back. And, and because I was putting more money when stocks were on sale, I got more shares. And then we did that also during the, the tech bubble in, uh, in the early 2000s. And so, you know, that was one thing that we, we really did. And, you know, we had to sacrifice. And, and one of the major sacrifices for us was, was new cars. You know, we only one time we bought a brand new car and, and that was a, 2000 Mustang where we splurge a little bit, <laughs> but uh, cause I've always been a Ford Mustang guy. And so, you know, that was, that was my first car. No, was it wasn't. Okay. Mustang. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was a great car. And, and uh, but that was the only time we, we, we splurged. But other than that, we always got used cars and we always drove them until you know, the wheels, you know, fell off, you know, 150,000 miles. Some, you know, we had cars at almost 200,000 miles. And, uh, you know, every time we got to do a repair, I always think, well, it's better than having a $500 payment, you know, consistently for, for a while. So even though we had to spend maybe $1,000 to repair, you know, let's say the AC compressor, you know, it, it, it made more sense to continue to, to limp this car along. And, and yeah, I didn't have the, the shiny new car or anything, but it's just, you know, to me, uh, I'd rather focus on on my future and, and have that flexibility, you know, later in my life than, than have a new car that, you know, after about a year or so, I'd, it'd be like no big deal. You know, the, the, that newness will wear off uh, after a year or so. So, um, so it's definitely not easy and you have to, you know, that's another thing I would definitely recommend, you know, with your spouse is just make sure you both are on the same page. Because there were times where, yeah, I wanted to splurge on certain things and, you know, wife kind of slapped my hand. No, no, no. <laughs> and vice versa. There's some things that she wanted to splurge on. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> so, so we, you know, we kept each other you know, in check when at times we wanted to, you know, maybe get new furniture or, or you know, maybe the high end new appliances or, you know, something broke down. So, but that's basically it. It's just, you know, again, just the age old uh, advice on, um, just living beneath your means and then just save and, and put into, you know, some vehicle like stocks or real estate, um, which will earn a good return over, over a long horizon. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think the whole living below your means thing is very hard for many people to do. So it is. Yeah. what, you know, drove you, what thoughts drove you to be able to make that sacrifice to keep that going for 20 plus years, right? Yeah, yeah, because, you know, we started, you know, like 23, 24 as we, you know, started, you know, with a little bit of money to the side and then just every year we kept increasing it. So yeah, it was basically, you know, about 26, 27 years that, that we, you know, set money aside. I mean, the, the main thing you gotta do and everyone, you know, cringes when you talk about this is, is create a budget. You just have to understand where your money's going. And, and I didn't get too maniacal about it. Like every penny, um, I, you know, I just, you know, we just kind of rounded off into dollars and didn't worry about you know, getting to the nth degree. And, um, and, you know, one thing that made it easy is just, you know, right from the get-go when I, you know, got my first job, you know, I, I, I had a credit card and I just put everything on my credit card uh, as much as I could. You know, back then there wasn't, really the everyday spend that you see now but as as time went on you know a lot more uh, everyday spend like you know at grocery stores or restaurants whatever like fast food restaurants and and you know golf courses and all they started to accept credit cards so that made it easy to to budget because i just put everything 
because at that time I was starting to hack, you know, do the travel hacking. I just put everything in my credit card. So that just made it easy to, you know, to understand where our money was going. And so, but that, I think that's the key is, is to have, have that budget and understand, you know, where it's going. And, and again, we weren't overly crazy about it. We didn't watch every penny every month, but just every, you know, maybe four or five months, we would, uh, you know, get together and look at our budgets and see where money's going. Did, did, did we go to more movies or anything? Okay, if that's the case, you know, where can we make it up? And so we would always try and, and keep our budget you know, within a certain amount. And you didn't live like, I feel like sometimes you hear by people, it's like they're literally yeah. live with nothing, like eating bananas, which yep. I just don't think I, I could do that. But so did you find a middle ground there where you, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that, yeah, that was one thing I would bring up because yeah, you hear you know, some people that, uh, and, and, you know, one of, one of my heroes, or I think he takes it too far is Mr. Money Mustache. And, and he's kind of one of the premier, you know, retire early. I think he, he's yeah, Canadian, retired in his thirties. And he talks about, you know, I think he's got a family of five, maybe like two or three kids. And they were, in, you know, living on 20,000 a year and just, oh my goodness. You know, yeah. And just something crazy. And I probably have my numbers all mixed up, but it's just, they really took to the extreme, Hey, and more power to them for the people yeah. that do that. But it's just, you know, I, I, like you said, I like that middle ground where, Hey, I, I'm enjoying life. I'm, I'm, I'm doing some great things. I'm not sacrificing too much, but yet I'm saving for the future. So, you know, for each, you know, couple or family that that's, you know, your own decision, how far you want to take it, but, you know, you, you do have to make some sacrifices and, and, you know, for, for me and my wife, we're not big foodies, so we don't spend a lot of money on high-end restaurants. And again, I told you about the, the cars, you know, we always bought used cars. And, uh, but, you know, one of the things that we, that we did like to splurge on were vacations. And that's where the travel hacking, uh, which I think you're familiar with. A little uh, bit, came, yeah. So yeah, a little bit, just a little bit. Let's transition yeah. into how you were able to continue yeah. to travel while doing this. Yeah. And that's just, it was funny because, um, you know, when we first got married, you know, I, I saw my parents, they traveled a little bit and they were both teachers. So, you know, obviously they didn't have a huge amount of money set aside, but, but, you know, like what we did, they, they saved a lot. And, and one great thing about teachers is they usually have great retirement programs. So my, my, my parents, they traveled a lot after retired and, you know, in the early sixties and they traveled a lot. Um, but, and so when I was in my wife and I were talking, I said, yeah, well, you know, we'll travel a little bit, but let's, let's travel a lot when we talk like my parents and my wife's like, no, 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 we're traveling now. We're, you know, we're doing this while we're young and we're able and we're, we do all these activities. And so um, she's the one that really got me going on the travel. And then once we did start to travel, um, then, you know, I got the bug and I just you know, I've never stopped traveling since, but um, I really didn't get into the travel hacking until my late 20s when uh, I started work for American Express. And I, I was on a lot of projects working with the marketing folks. And I was on the project management engineering side to, to basically roll out these new programs and, and roll out uh, new, new credit cards. And it just really um, had a light bulb moment. When I just when they talk about all the all the different incentives that they can do for new card members, you, know, you get this many in American Express. They use membership rewards, so that's their currency. And you know they talk about all the different programs, and I'm like, oh wow, these credit cards are 
they got some real good incentives. And this is even before where credit cards really started to compete, but it was, it was still pretty attractive to, to get these new credit cards. And so that, that was a you know, light bulb moment for me to say, wow, if I can, you know, kind of accumulate all these points, we can travel all over the world, uh, you know, pretty much free or, or, or really close to it. And so that got me going on that. And so, you know, I, I played the game and it, it becomes a game. It becomes a fun, challenging game is, you know, yeah, just on how, how much can I, can I game the system? And of course, you know, it was kind of a weird situation. I'm gaming my own company that worked for You're on the inside like, track. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. On the inside <laughs> track. Yeah. So, but, but also did it all the others, like the, the first couple of cards were American Express cards and then also uh, Barclays because uh, we wanted to go to Hawaii. So they they had you know a good deal with with Hawaiian Air Airlines there. So th- those are the first couple cards that that we did. And you know once once you get that high of oh man we're flying for free basically, um, you know you, you just want to do more and more and more. And and uh, were you so, able to do that just with the spending that you were your budgeted spending? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We we hardly and then you know we the other part of the budget you know we did a lot of. A lot of local trips. Being in Phoenix, you know, we could drive to a lot of great places. You know, right? yeah. We can go to Vegas, go to San Fran, go to LA, and then we could drop down to to Mexico. It's only a four hour drive, and it's right there on the Sea of Cortez. So that you know, we could do that really cheaply. And then uh, you had family live in Colorado, and Colorado's beautiful. So we just had a lot of places that we could go to with the drive. So that was a lot of our of our vacations mixed in with basically once a year would either go to Hawaii or go to Europe. And that was, that was our, our big, our big trip. So, and that was our big focus was, you know, going to Hawaii or, or, or Europe. And yeah. And like how amazing, like you got to go to Hawaii or Europe every year while working on <laughs> achieving financial. Yeah. I mean, freedom. And, and, like that is, a, those are two awesome trips, like yeah. bucket list trips for a lot of our members. Right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And, and it was just amazing. Cause friends were like, how could you do this? And, and, and all that. And, and, um, and, you know, and I would tell friends and say, hey, this is what you got to do. And, and, you know, I think we've talked about this in, in our staff meetings where some people just, even if you tell them, you give them the roadmap, they, they just don't follow through on it. And I got family members that it's frustrating, um, you know, where I'm just like, oh my God, you're missing this gold mine. And you just, yeah, you got to put in some effort, but that's, you know, that's life. You got to put in some effort to get anything out of it. But I'm telling you this roadmap and I can help you. And, you know, if you're stuck and, so, um, but yeah, and, you know, and some friends would do it, but most of them, they just, oh, great. It sounds great. Yeah, I'll get on it and I'll check in with them and they won't. But, but that's, I mean, and, you know, over time, I basically went to all the major banks and got cards. So I'm one of those that you talk about where I had probably 40. Yeah, no, not 40. I, I know <laughs> there's some people that do, but I, I definitely at times I've had in the 20s where you have 20 to 25 cards and, and, you know, that took some organization, but again, I'm an engineer, so I got spreadsheets. Yeah. It's, and it's that is good. just like, it is some people's forte. Like, and I, uh, if, if that's what, if you're good at that and you yeah. like doing it and some people do, I, I just don't, but, um, yep. yeah. but yeah, that's just, it's just different, different approaches there. I think. Yeah. Have yeah, you pared exactly. down now? Yeah. I'm well, uh, I'll, <laughs> I, 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 well, hold on, hold on. it's got to be yes, no. So I, I did for a while, but then we moved into a new house about three years ago and our backyard was, you know, was just dirt. So, you know, we, we put a pool in and, and really wanted to build a backyard that, that we, we love. We had, you know, got a putting green and, and a fire pit and all that. So 
um, about three years ago, I ratcheted back up again because I, I think I pared down to like eight or nine. But um, but there were so many incentives out there, and uh, in, in, in like in, in 2020, and so I got three new cards. You know, my wife Lori got three new cards, and we spread out the backyard payments and the pool payments amongst these six mm. different credit cards, and mainly a lot of focus was on hotels. And uh, but but we did um, have like Alaskan Airlines. I think yeah, there were B of A. Oh, and the other one that was big was the another B of A for Amtrak, which uh, you, you know we, we used the last year uh, to go to New Orleans and then New Orleans to Chicago on on a, on a sleeper car from Phoenix. So so that that was new to to do something like that on, on a credit card. Yeah. So I, so I think I'm back up in the high teens, maybe 16, 17, but you know, with the annual fees and um, you know, coming up on a couple of them that I've had recently, I'll, I'll probably cancel those. So get, get it down under 10. So let's talk about just credit cards for a minute, because most people who are in this financial sphere, I think, uh, are trying to budget and all that, you know, they've been taught credit cards are bad. Did you ever have that thought? Did you have to get over that or it was, you never considered that? Uh, I mean, I never did. You know, again, it goes back to the budget thing. You you know, you want to make sure that you understand, um, you know, what you're spending money on. Because again, you know, the old adage of, of uh, like, oh man, I had no idea I spent that much on that credit card. So, you know, that never really happened with me. Um, I know, I don't know if you still do this, but I remember listening to your Choose FI podcast about you use your credit card like a debit card that you'll pay, you know, right. if you do it, you go to a furniture store and buy a couple of lamps for say 200 bucks, $200, then a couple of days later, you'll make a $200 payment on your credit card to, and make it act like a debit card. So I don't know right. if you still do that, but yes. uh, that's my approach. Do. That's because your approach. I don't okay. want to be surprised at the end with yeah. how much is on there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of going too far, like to me, that's like going too far. But that's, I mean, uh-huh. it's good advice, you know. I think it's, it's you have to know your spending type or whatever. Yeah. You because yeah, when you said like you just put everything on your card and then that's how you tracked it, I would be like, yikes! I'd be like, oh no, I didn't know I spent yeah. this much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I would do is, you know, I wouldn't make the payments, but I would put it on a spreadsheet. You know, even every and again, I would approximate. I wouldn't get receipts. You know, let's say I went to McDonald's and. I wouldn't put a, the receipt, you know, that yeah. I went and got a, you know, cheeseburger meal or, or something, for, you know, I, I just knew that, okay, you know, I went, it's like five bucks and I just did a quick entry. I didn't, you know, match up the receipts. And again, I didn't go too far with it. Um, and then, you know, some days I would kind of forget, I'm like, oh, wait, okay. Yeah. I went to the hardware store, Home Depot. Yeah. I think it was around 50 bucks. So I, I would just kind of keep a, a rough running tally uh, in those early days. And, and you would uh, do that and, every day. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. yeah know, I'm not or, good at doing that so yeah i mean sometimes i would skip a couple of days but i'll just remember that hey i, I yeah. went to the grocery store spent around 60 bucks so yeah again just that and uh, you know i was usually pretty close i mean once in a while maybe i'll be off by four or five hundred bucks but you know nothing major i mean what you don't want to do is just charge 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 be oblivious to it and then wait till the bill comes like oh man i, I had no idea i spent two thousand you know that's that's where i think people get in trouble so just from the get-go, um, you know, I was just aware of the pitfalls of uh, of credit cards, and you know, just it was just a goal that Laura and I we would never, ever, you know, have give interest to you know the credit card company. It's just something that uh, we just felt, you know, hey, let's take all the benefits from all the bonus miles they're going to give us and all the bonus points, but 
not not give them you know even 10 20 dollars of interest it was just the principle of it yes that's a perfect summation let's take all the benefits of the card yeah. and not reap any of the negatives not give them any interest yeah. you can that's it if you can just approach it like that that is Correct. the key it's just in our world it's just like credit cards equal bad it, so yeah it's yeah. just, but that's not a given people rethink that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And again, have a plan, you know, have your spouse or family member, you know, kind of keep tap, you know, check, Hey, have you updated the spreadsheet on, or whatever your, your plan is, uh, you know, or have like in your case, have you paid off, you know, when you went to the furniture store, spent $200 on lamps, you know, did you pay that off? So it, it helps to have someone to kind of keep tabs on you, you know, in case you just, get busy with family life or work life. But uh, yeah, I, like I said, it's, I mean, the credit card thing is, you know, is, you know is, it can be dangerous, but I mean, if you can really have a good plan and stick with it and be consistent, boy, it's really just, uh, those benefits are, are awesome. Yeah, it can be absolutely amazing. So fund all of your free travel. So yeah. So tell us, um, you know, what you've been able to do as a result of, you know, achieving your definition of financial freedom? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, uh, definitely less stress, um, you know, just job-wise. Again, you know, I was coming off off a job where, you know, and basically me and my team, we, we did projects. So when projects got implemented, I mean, it was very high, highly stressful. You had many executives, you know, asking lots of questions and how are things going and, you know, the pressure of, of getting, um, you know, of getting the results that, uh, that you've talked about and working just crazy hours. So, I mean, for me, it's just, um, just the, the stress level just completely went away, not having sleepless nights and, you know, just work, you know, ratcheting down a job. Not thinking I, about th- family's library at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I know, I know I, you think I should, but, <laughs> but, but no, no, I'm, uh, I mean, there's a little bit of stress, which is good. I mean, I'm glad, again, I, it's good. I've learned a lot. So, so that, that's, that's been definitely a, a fun, fun part. You know, I never knew anything about web publishing and, and the marketing. So, so that's been, that's been fun and I love learning. And, but again, I just, I don't have this stress and just, you know, just walking around like a zombie, you know, like it was, uh, you know, for, especially in the later years as, as just more and more pressure was put, you know, just in, in, in corporate, you know, America. So, it so like it, yesterday you were getting ready to go play golf after our team yeah, meeting, yeah, right? That's yeah, exactly. Meeting. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Had a staff Having meeting. And say, hey, and... I, yep, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's great. And, and there's, and more time, you know, more time to travel and just do day trips and more time to spend with family and friends and, and, uh, and, and, you know, I, I think that's key and just do, you know, I, I, I'm learning a lot more like for me, I really enjoy personal finance and just understanding, um, you know, how can I be better and more efficient at the money that I'm saving. So I really enjoy just finance and understanding the world and economies and, and all that. So it just that affords me a lot more time to, to really dive in to maybe some articles and, and TV shows that I, I probably wouldn't have time. And uh, so and it's just it's just nice to have, and I don't know, I just, I feel I'm, I'm more positive and just more of a calm person and not stressed as much. So, uh, so I think, you know, just all, all the sacrifices that, that my wife and I made in our twenties and thirties, and again, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't like, you know, we were, 
you know, live in a van down by the river, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, we had to make some sacrifice, but it just, it's well worth it, you know, especially as you get older. And then, oh, one of the other things I've taken on a new sport, uh, pickleball. So I'm My sure gosh, that, pickleball. I, I, know, I know, pickleball, I know. <laughs> so, so I've joined a pickleball league and, you know, a year and a half ago, I had no idea what the rules were, rules were, and no idea, like, what are these people playing? What, it looks like a mini version of tennis. So, so now I'm in a competitive league and, and a city league. And, it was I uh, My dad got into that for a while. So okay. he had us try it. It was hard. No, yeah, <laughs> no. And, and, you know, there's certain rules and there's strategies. And that's amazing. And, and just, uh, you know, I know people kind of think of it. Oh, it's, you know, you know retirement, old people, you know, type of play. But that, it's in the last year, I've seen a lot of younger people and even teenagers and, you know, 20-somethings playing. And so, and it's really cool to see some, some, you know, woman or, or a guy in his seventies, you know, kicking my butt, <laughs> you know? So yeah, like I said, I'm in Good the exercise league. for sure. Yeah. 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 No, it's great. I, I've seen guys, you know, like with a little, with a cane and they'll, they'll play in the court. I'm like, Ooh, Oh, wow. that's awesome. Yeah. And, and obviously they can't move as well, but they're still doing pretty good. And, and uh, so no, anyway, so it, it's just, again, it just gives you that flexibility to, to really, hone in on, on what you love and you know I'm a competitive guy I grew up in a sports family so I just I'm really enjoying uh, learning a new sport and and uh, and just getting to know people and, and on the social aspect of pickleball too and what about um, as a tangible example you and your wife's recent purchase yes yeah so so one of the and this is another kind of lesson on uh, you know I talk about communication another thing is be flexible so so for many, many years, my wife and I, we always wanted to, to buy a, a beach condo. I mean, truly on the beach condo. And, and you know, we were saving a lot of money uh, and we even worked with a real estate agent in Hawaii because we've been to Hawaii now up to like 15, 16 times. So we're going to talk about Hawaii in a minute. So yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, uh, so we, you know, we talked to a real estate agent and this is probably, you know, 2000. 17, 18 in that time frame, And, you know, we were tracking the prices. I had a big spreadsheet, you know, typical geeky engineer had a spreadsheet because I would get all, all her newsletters with the latest sales of the condos. And, and we were really specifically looking at Kihei in, in Maui, in South Maui. And, and we just love that vibe of that, that community there. And, uh, and so, you know, we were getting close on making it happen and figuring out how we could sell our other rent or other rental homes at that time. And then, you know, COVID hit and then, you know, real estate just went through the market and basically we were priced out of Hawaii. It just, it just got crazy. You know, all we could afford was something maybe a mile away from the beach. Whereas, you know, before that, that increase of the home values, you know, we, we were really close of affording what we wanted, you know, like a, like a one bedroom, five, 600 square feet, but with a great beach view. So we were priced out and, you know, we we're disappointed. We're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And we're, we're, we're weighing, well, maybe we'll get that condo that's a mile away from the beach. Not exactly what we wanted, but hey, it's still Hawaii, it's still Kihei. Um, but then, you know, we had some friends that bought some place. It's called Rocky Point, Mexico. And it's uh, a place that we're familiar with. You know, it's a big uh, spring break hangout for you know, the Arizona universities. And then and also a lot of retired people will buy houses down there. It's a four-hour drive from Phoenix. And again, right on the Sea of Cortez, so right there on the beach. And so we, we looked into that and, you know, that was the furthest thing from our mind. Again, we were so just focused on Hawaii 
And we looked into it and the prices were, you know, relatively reasonable. And, and we got, and there were a lot of places that truly had a great beachfront property and, you know, kind of had a resort feel to it. And, and so uh, last uh, June, we, we bought a place that was a fix me up, but so we even got a, even a better deal. And, you know, we spent a couple months fixing it up and, and some money. And, and uh, so that, that we achieved our dream, but it just kind of shows you sometimes you got to pivot and, and just be flexible when, when things come up that, you know, you're just not expecting. But uh, yeah, so that, that, that's uh, basically our, our pride and joy. And we're going down there next week with our aunt who, who's in town. And uh, so they were just excited to have this place and we're, we're running it out. So it's making us some, some income. And we just got through the spring break time period where it was rented out pretty much all of, all of March and then the first couple of weeks of April. So like I said, we'll, we'll go down next week after the spring break craze is over. But uh, we just love it. It's two bedroom. And that's another thing, you know, we, we got a bigger place and, and a little bit more uh, like resort amenities. They got a swim up bar and, and they got a workout center, a real nice workout center. So it just ended up uh, being perfect for us. And, and you know, obviously a four-hour drive is a lot easier to get to than flying to Hawaii. So that, yeah, so it, it just ended up ended up real good. Obviously, there's, there's some challenges in a different country and some things we, we got, some hoops we had to jump through. But overall, it's it, it just ended up being the, the best place to go. And you can still go to Hawaii as much as you yeah. want with travel rewards, right? Yeah, exactly. I know that's one thing we talked about. Now we're kind of getting the best of both worlds. We can you know, have a quick drive and down to, to Mexico and enjoy the beach. And then, yeah, our plan is to go to Hawaii once a year. And uh, and, and that's what's great about Southwest Airlines. And, and that's in the last couple of years was, was put Southwest on my radar was, uh, you know, that, that they now are going to Hawaii. Because before, I mean, we'd use them to fly domestically, but didn't really use them a lot. Because again, our focus was Hawaii and, and Europe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so when the news came out, I think it was like three or four years ago that they were planning to go to Hawaii. I was like, yes, finally competition. Because, you know, there was very little competition, uh, especially out of Phoenix. And so prices were just sky high. So we, we would continue to use uh, the credit um, rewards. But you know, even then, you know, some sometimes those award tickets were pretty expensive, but, you know, we just would, you know, and that's how I got up to like 20, 25 cards because I kept on, you know. You needed using, more and more points. Using, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was good. But anyways, yeah, no, just uh, buying the condo, you know, we achieved our, our dream of getting that beachfront condo. Just love it. Awesome. So let's let's talk a little bit about Hawaii um, before we wrap up because Chris yes. has been what you said fifteen or sixteen times. Yeah, I think I think we just got done with sixteen because we took. Have you my... ever met anyone who's been more? Oh, um, I don't think yeah, I've don't... ever heard of anyone being gone. Yeah, that many times. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. I haven't met uh, anyone. Hawaii should award you uh, a prize. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I should get one free trip or, or something. Right. Yeah. Um, but because we know a lot of our members, yes. Hawaii is Hawaii. definitely um, what a lot of people come in wanting to go to Hawaii, make that happen for them. So um, just tell us, I guess your favorite place then is Maui, if that's where you were going to buy the condo or not? Uh, uh, actually, I mean, if I had to choose one to visit, it would be Kauai. Um, I mean, even though, I mean, Maui just probably has the best of everything where it, it can be sleepy. Um, you can be a beach bum, which is my preference. Um, but also you have, you have some activity. So that's why Maui. And also it, it was probably the best investment because that's the most popular Island. So that's why we chose, 
chose that that place. But if I had to choose one, it would be Kauai. Again, I'm a beach bum at, at heart. I could just spend the days just going to the beach, hanging out, you know, working on the tan and, and you know, read, read a book or read articles, you know, about personal finance, as I mentioned before. So, 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 and, and it's just the most beautiful island, you know, no matter which, which part that it's just so green. So that, that's the island that, that, you know, is my favorite. Um, but each island has its own personality. Um, you know, the, the three, the three ones outside of Oahu, I haven't spent too much time on Oahu uh, besides. But you did go there recently, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. We went there for a timeshare uh, presentation. Yep. And uh, yeah, Koalani, yeah, Koalani, um, just outside of Honolulu, and that was great. Yeah, it was it was a Marriott uh, presentation, and that's one thing. If you have the opportunity to do a timeshare presentation, that's one of my favorite hacks to do, because there's a lot of companies. You know, we've done Westin a few times and Marriott a few times, where you get the mailer uh, about, hey, you want to do a timeshare presentation, and and I know it's not for everybody. And, and, and obviously you and your spouse and a partner will have to be, you know, rock solid on the no, 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 no. But uh, if you can do that for an hour and a half to two hours, it is well worth it. Um, because, uh, you know, you, you save about probably 50, 60 percent, you know, off of the published rates that's staying at these you know top end resorts. And, so it's and not to totally drag- free, but it's discounted. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's just. You know, like the Marriott we stayed, I think it was uh, it was five nights, and we paid a thousand dollars. But if we just were a regular Joe, um, you know, it, it would have been you know probably twenty five hundred for five nights, uh, you know, like five hundred a night. So um, and you know, you get all the benefits and and just you know the pools and, and and those places always have the best beaches and like this one, this Marriott. It uh, it had a man-made lagoon, and so they had, you know, so basically all the you know the the rough waves of the Pacific Ocean were were out in the distance, and then the lagoon was this calm, and it was just perfect sand and beach, and so it it's well worth it, you know, for those two hours, and um, and even though my wife uh, I have to drag her to go to these, she goes no more, no more. She loves it when she's there. You know, and, and especially you know, once we get through the, the presentations, oh, okay, it's worth it. Is the presentation super high pressure? Uh, it varies. And it just, it, um, over the years. And I guess they're not going to hold uh, a gun to your head. And, and yeah, stuff. I mean, yeah, you just got to say no. And, and, you know, come up. I mean, obviously they have an answer for everything, every mm-hmm. scenario. Like for us, like the recent one, we said, hey, we just, we don't have any money because we just spent it all on our, and our beachfront condo, my wife had the pictures. Hey, look at these, these, you know, this view that we have. And, and so, but even then they continue to put pressure and, you know, well, we have a, a, a little mini offer that's, you know, really fairly cheap and you can build up to it. And we said, no, you know, we're, we're just, you know, we're totally um, focused on building up this condo. You know, it was, it was a build, it was a, you know, a rebuild type of thing. And, you know, as a fixer upper. So, you know, just as long as you're consistent, um, you know, then and say no when you're both, you know, rock solid in, in that, you, you'll be fine. And, you know, it, it's never been like horrible. I mean, you hear horror stories, but I mean, but you will get the pressure from like different people. Um, you know, you got the main salesperson, then you got, then you got their manager, and then you it's got like buying first, a car. Yeah, exactly. The manager. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and then even the, even the survey person, you know, came in at the end, like the Marriott, that was kind of new. 
for us was the survey. Well, we just want to give you a survey and how how Bob and and Trent treated you. Oh, by the way, uh, you know they told me you're not interested, but hey, I can give you this offer that's you know maybe uh, a third of the original price, and you wow. can at least get your foot in the door. And we're like, no, thank you. And but uh, it, it hasn't been horrible. I, you know, again, they present it to where it looks really good, and, and for some people, and I know there's a lot of members that that are doing it, and the timeshares, and, and my parents had one, um, but it's just. You know, especially in this day of Airbnbs and all, I just like to have that flexibility to go exactly where I want to go. And, and, and uh, so it's, it's just not not really the, the timeshare thing for us, but it's a great hack. If you can do it, <clears throat> I would recommend to, to do the hack and you know, at least do it once, see if you like it. If, if you totally hate it, then, then, then don't do it again. But right. we've done, think about five in, in Hawaii. We did one in Mexico, but like I said, they're, they're pretty common in Hawaii. And any quick tips for folks going to Hawaii for the first time or things you wish people knew that you had known at the beginning? Or Yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the main thing is, is the like, especially if you're staring or going to an Airbnb is, is the food grocery prices, uh, which is not I, I as expensive it, as Turks and Caicos, I can tell you. Oh, is that OK? All right. <laughs> I've never been there. So I guess yeah. I'll, I'll you want to feel yeah, like I mean, Hawaii's cheap. Head on over. Uh, to Turks and oh, Caicos. really? OK. All right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, do the, the normal things, you know, the Costco, and you know, hopefully you have that and load up as much as you can. Um, but, you know, just know going that the groceries are, are they're, they're going to, it's going to be sticker shop. I guess not if you come from Turks and Cake, no. but just in, in normal, you know, and, and just, you know, for us, you just, it's part of the budget of the vacation, you know, I, so just know that, you know, it's going to be crazy. But, you know, one of the hacks that we do, and it doesn't save a lot of money, but it's a little bit is you know stuff that you can put into your suitcase like for me uh, I, I love popcorn so I'll, I'll put microwave popcorn I'll put you know uh, I had like eight or nine ten bags in there um, I love my muffins in the morning English muffins so I put a couple of those in in, in my suitcase and especially south southwest right you can you can have two free bags so that's right. nice so yeah if there's things food that you can bring, that's, you know, easily portable in a suitcase, then that I would recommend to do that, you know, especially again, if you're staring at, staying in Airbnb and, uh, and not a, not a hotel. And, and that's one thing I'd recommend is do the Airbnb, VRBO, whatever the case may be, um, you know, unless you're just really need that resort uh, type of feel, which, uh, you know, it is nice. Again, that, that's where the timeshare hack comes into place. That's what we do. We only stay at a resort if we do a timeshare hack. Otherwise, we do the Airbnb and you just save money on, on cooking your own food. And, and again, we do middle of the ground. We'll, we'll go out, go to a beachfront restaurant, but we also like to you know, do our breakfast and lunches you know, in, in the condo or bring it down to the beach. Yeah, that's what we generally so, try to do as well. Eat our own yeah, lunch and, and splurge. And, and yeah, and the other, a recommendation and you know, just a plug, and I don't know if you've had these books, but um, these uh, the Big Island Revealed. So I, I, I love, uh, you know, th this guy's Andrew Doughty, I think they say his name, but uh, I love his writing style and he's real honest. Um, and he's got, you know, a book like this for each, each of the islands. And he's real honest, you know, if the, if a restaurant is not good, he'll say it. And, uh, so I just appreciate it. And, and that was, that was really helpful when we first started to go to Hawaii because you know, we had no clue. I had no clue which islands are which or what, which one's Honolulu on. And so th those books were, were really helpful. And another cool thing, 
um, they create their own you know, detailed maps. And so they're not just the standard maps that you get. So it's really helpful, especially when you kind of get in some remote areas. And uh, so yeah, those books are, are real helpful. All right, awesome. So uh, let's conclude with where are you headed next? Next is, so we're taking a break in the summer. Uh, you know, we just did two Hawaii trips. We had a, a delayed timeshare presentation that was supposed to happen a year ago, um, but got, had delayed. Uh, we took that in January and we just got back from, from the big island just uh, about a month ago. So we're taking a break for a little while, but the next one's going to be a Caribbean cruise in the, uh, the Eastern Caribbean. So we're, it's a big extended family. It's like in-laws and then in-laws of in-laws and be about, about uh, I think 16 different people, 14, maybe 15 people, but we're going out of Miami, going to St. Martin and St. Thomas. And then we're going to the Royal, Royal Caribbean's, uh, their, their private Island. So it's a seven, seven night cruise. So we're doing that in October. So that, that'll be the next uh, vacay. So um, in the meantime, we'll be spending a lot of time at our condo down in Mexico. Yeah, and another perk of uh, your flexibility is you can travel at, at different times of year than yes. the busy yep. summer where all people with kids out of school are traveling. So you can skip that busyness and go yeah. at times where um, there's less people traveling. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that's another yeah, flexibility of, of just, you know, not having, you know, retiring early or semi-retiring early is, yeah, you can do, you know, on the shoulder seasons or even off seasons, you know, so we're excited to do that. Like, you know, we plan to go to Europe in the wintertime, which I know is not, not ideal, but it's just, a, you know, maybe spend a, a Christmas or something in, yeah. in Italy. So a, a country that uh, I think you're quite fond of. Uh, yes, I do Italy. love it. Yes, Miss we'll Miss Soon. There next month, yay! Yeah, that's right. Miss <laughs> Soon to be bilingual, right? In in Italian. Well, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're a lot further than me. That's for sure. And Chris has just got dual citizenship, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. So I, I am a dual citizen of Italy. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I got it. Um, yeah, my, my cousin is the one that alerted me that we could tie back to my great grandfather who came over in 1900 from Italy and settled in Colorado as a farmer, but he never, never naturalized as a U.S. citizen. So how the rules are set that, you know, as long as we can prove, and there's a lot of hoops, you know, typical government and citizenship, a lot of hoops and, you know, spend a lot of money to get it done. But, uh, but yeah, we, we decided to, to do it. So. Um, which affords us, you know, we, if, we, if we want, we could buy property in, in Italy, and then obviously it helps us move around in the EU a lot easier mm. and stay longer. So the, those are the benefits. And uh, but yeah, it's just kind of embarrassing that I don't really speak too much Italian. So so I need well, this maybe stuff. someday. I know, I know. Buy that that's Italian on, property. Yep, that's on my goal to to do that because yeah, that'd be pretty pretty embarrassing. Oh, I got dual citizenship, but I can't speak a lick of it. <laughs> so, yeah, no, excited for that. All right. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story and your tips with us today. I hope that inspires um, many of our listeners about what's possible for them and um, how you can keep traveling all along the way and beyond. So um, thanks for joining us, Chris. And uh, everyone, have a great rest of your week. If you're ready to fly your family free forever, 
I invite you to join my family's Fly Free membership. You'll learn how to stop paying for airfare throughout the U.S., Caribbean, and Europe so you can make those priceless family travel memories before your kids or even your grandkids leave home for good. And you'll learn it using my simple, proven formula that's helped hundreds of families. Plus, it's risk-free. You either get your investment in the membership back in free travel, or I give you your money back. You can get more information at FamiliesFlyFree.com slash join.